Okay, hey, so we talked about it a little bit, but I do want to bring up, totally off topic here, but convention season, there are a lot of alcohol trade shows. We are going to several of them. Oh, so wanna, yeah, go ahead, Cole. This was... This was our idea for next week. Yeah, this is our next episode. Well, fuck Don't you then. It. I guess I'll shut up. <laughs> God. You premature uh, Jackie. Basically, let's just end on conventions. They're out there. <laughs> conventions. They exist. Sometimes people go to them. Sometimes they learn things. They convent. They, they convent. And they get shitty drunk sometimes. Yeah, I just got asked to be a, a moderator for something on like 10 a.m. on Tuesday nice. morning. God damn it. <laughs> Now I what gotta moderate my drinking the night before too. Wait, no, wait. <laughs> Let's back and slow your roll. What are you moderating? He has no uh, idea. What is it? The, yeah. Yeah, the dust collection talk? Or Shit. <laughs> I'm gonna walk in real dusty. <laughs> Brian, can you still see both of I us? I can. I well? can. And someone getting in your fridge. Yeah. That's Devin. She's eating a midnight snack. I want a sandwich, Literally. and it's not. Literally, it's not Colton's butt. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what you call Colton's butt? A midnight snack? The midnight snack. That's a midnight no. thirty. No, that's my breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset that it took us this long to get to butt eating jokes. Uh, did it take us this long? We have zero butt eating jokes to this point. Yeah, that's depressing. That's pr- that's pretty sad. Okay, so do we want to try and jump in, considering? It's late. Yeah, what do you guys want to talk about? I mean, we have... Okay, we're going to hold off on conventions, which was going to be my dynamic thing we were just going to chat about, but fuck you. <laughs> so you shut that one down. Um, so we can do... We can jump into enzymes that we talked about. We kind of covered some of that stuff in the last one with the mashing, so we could carry on with I, enzymes. I thought we, or were, we could do some- I thought we were going to talk... Uh, I really want to know... The details about it, about about the federal excise tax. Yeah, I thought we were going to do that amendment. Do you, you guys yeah. expect me to fucking remember our previous conversations? I washed these things from my memory the second we are off this goddamn cast. Yeah, I'm trying to wash you from my memory, like my immediate memory. <laughs> like I look at you and I try to immediately. You're like a goldfish. Every five seconds, you're like, "What am yeah. I doing here?" <laughs> I'm like a goldfish in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Like, I just poop in the water that's around me <laughs> constantly. I'm never going to the beach with you. <laughs> oh, yeah, because nobody poops in the ocean. I love just the, like, uncomfortable look on Colton's face, because he's not saying no. <laughs> There's plenty of people that poop in the ocean. I've actually never pooped in the ocean. I have pooped in a body of water. It's not that pleasant. I don't like it. I'm always afraid, like, there's going to be, like, something going out the in. Or in the out. Do you not know how defecation works? Uh, what, there's no rules when you're in water. Wait, wait, wait. I'm upset that my first question is what kind of body of water, though? I actually need to know. I believe it was a creek, or as we call it in Pittsburgh, a crick. A crick. So a holiday inn pool? or Yes, it was a, it was a holiday inn. Called the crick. Crick. Holiday Inn, Crick Pittsburgh. I am also not allowed back at Holiday Inns. Thank you very much. <laughs> Actually, I have a lifetime free pass because I keep in your pools. You guys do it different there. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but uh, Holiday Inn really likes my pants. Hey. Um, Any PR is good PR. Uh, that could be our first sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Holiday Inn, everybody. Okay. Low rates, nice F- place. I don't even know how to sell Great a Holiday Inn. Great p- Amazing pools. We have so much bleach. (laughs) So much. Uh, In all seriousness, wait, how did we get in pooping into water? Oh, goldfish. This is a pretty logical. I I play play this game often. I say something, I'm like, how did I get to that? (laughs) Right. And I got to trace it back, and it's a really depressing game. It is, because then it always comes back from some choice that one of us made, and it's never a good choice. True. Okay, federal excise tax. You want to know stuff. All right, yeah, well, I mean, like, it. how many details can you rattle off? So, like, if we can say, hey, this past, it was, you know, piggyback on kind of a shitty thing in a lot of ways. Um, but it's good for the industry. So I want to talk about, like, positive aspects of it, what it means to you with your magazine and everything like that, what it means to Colton, what it means to me, right? right? And then what are negative aspects of it, too? Like, I mean, I, I feel like we could do it. Nice, clean, concise, 35-minute. Oh, I doubt anything we do will be clean. 
<laughs> no, because at some point I'm gonna it's end up googling something awful you said. I mean, that's so broad. <laughs> like, po- <laughs> like pooping in bodily bodies of water. You could Google search that. Like, did you ever see Cannonball Dookie? No, no. But I'm. That's the first thing I'm googling. Do it, but there's probably like a lot of versions of it now. It's just a guy jumping off a dock doing a cannonball, but he's uh, naked yeah. and he shits like at the apex of his jump. There's just a dookie flying out of his anus. Oh, yeah, that's a thing that just happened. There's a dog though. Why yeah. is the where'd the dog come from? The dog the dog jumps in after, which is worse. Is he like chasing the dookie? <laughs> that's so awful. Like, because they play it in slow motion. Yeah. Okay, I know this is a terrible thing to do on a podcast is to have someone watch a video and just react to it. But, um, wow. <laughs> That's the reaction. The way you said wow like that? Are you aroused? I mean, more so than usual. I can only get so erect. I mean, come on. <laughs> there are limitations to the human body. I believe that in that basement. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, obviously we've now eliminated clean and concise from this podcast about <laughs> yeah. the federal excise well, tax. I just Stun feel like gone. that basement screams, I test the limitations of a human body. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's kind of like broad strokes. I love saying that because it always makes Zeno just smile just a little bit. <laughs> uh, so this was originally part of the Craft Beverage Moder- Modernization and Tax Reform Act which uh, Colton and myself and a bunch of other people uh, went to D.C. for and lobbied, and people have been working on for years and years and years. I mean, I remember Ralph Lorenzo, like 10 years ago, was trying to push this in one form or another. So there's been a lot of people pushing for this for a very long time. And eventually the actual, the original bill just wasn't going to make it through on, on its own. So they had to basically bundle it with this large tax bill, which is the first major tax reform. And I forget what they're saying, like 20, 30 years, something ridiculous. And luckily they were able to include it. And again, whatever you think of the overall tax bill itself in terms of spirits, this is pretty fantastic. Now, granted the big issue is these discount, or I shouldn't say discounts, but these tax reductions right now are on the books for two years. After two years, they sunset and they go away. Now, hopefully... Did not know that. Yes, it's a two. It's basically two years for this 100,000 gallon or proof gallon reduction, which I'll go through the actual numbers here in a sec. But this is going to be a big thing that ACSA, Discus, everyone else, all the state guilds, they're going to have to keep pushing to make sure these do not sunset. Uh, otherwise, it's basically a two-year rep- reprieve, which... Again, it's a ton of money. So from my perspective, I've been talking to a lot of distillers, vendor suppliers, of course, as well. But on the distiller side, in our world of craft, what we'd call smaller producers, who are the vast number of people below 100,000 proof gallons, this is significantly game changing. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars a month. You know, sometimes, I mean, this is for a small producer, we could be looking at $300,000 for the year for a slightly larger producer mid-range millions of dollars a year. I mean, it's big money. Colton, I mean, you can you talk a little bit from your perspective with the size of your distillery, what this means? I know you probably don't dig into the numbers every day, but do you have any concept of what kind of like monthly to yearly savings you're looking at? I like to think the numbers is a sex slave that he has. <laughs> <laughs> he really digs into I just, it. I don't look at him every He's day. Like, oh, I'm going to get into the numbers. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I did the math when we were first on the hill, and it was about uh, 200000 for us. Currently, that was before any expansions, which we're going through. Right. So 200 plus a year. So, you know, that's a bunch of, of employees, a bunch of um, new equipment, more, more grain, more, you know, raw materials. Uh, basically, it's incredible to right. watch. Just, and it was immediate, too, just seeing that change. It wasn't like we had to wait. It's because it was passed so late, you know, past, what, November of 17 goes into effect January of 2018. Yeah, January 01 is when it started. So essentially you see the savings within that first, well, if you're filing monthly or if you're filing every two weeks, you see it right away. So so what do you do? So what do you do with that? Okay, okay, I have this influx of So real quick, just in terms of numbers, basically for the first 100,000 proof gallons uh, removed or imported, essentially, the it's $2.70 per proof gallon, 
which is down from what, Colton? What was it? It was 13? 13. 13. 13. 13.50. So that's a massive, massive yeah. reduction. Yeah, it's huge. It's like I couldn't believe when, like, when I first heard about it, I was like, you want to change it to right. what? Government's never going to let you take and, that. And for <laughs> listeners, essentially the reason they were able to get that is because that's just not some crazy number out of left field. That essentially brings it down so it's parity with beer and wine. So beer and wine still have a better deal, deal than spirits do in terms of their their federal excise tax, but this brings it much closer. That's why they were able to get that number. But from what it sounds like to me, what you just said, it's kind of a strike where the iron's hot situation because it could be only for two years. Yeah. So to your to your questions, you know, what does this mean? What should people do? I think people have to. A lot of people did not budget for this to even pass. I think a lot of people assumed that there was no way this was going to get included. And honestly, this was not included in the House and the Senate bill at the same time on the last day before it passed. I believe it was in the Senate side, but not the House side. And then they might have flipped. It was I can't remember the exact details of how this finally went through. But it was last minute where people had no idea if this was actually included or not, because things were getting jettisoned. Last I think minute. I think if I remember right, it was the. It was through on the Senate side, and it didn't make it in the original House bill, and then the House bill went to special committee. Right. That's where we were able to uh, add it Get it in. back in? Yeah. Which I imagine, yeah. I'm not 100% sure on this, but I'm sure like Kevin Brady of Texas, he was a pretty big advocate for getting the uh, the original Craft Beverage Modernization Act in. So I'm sure he, ha- and he's from the House side, so I'm sure he was a piece of that too. Yeah, and like, and uh Marsha Blackburn's up was on that you know, special committee, so all the Tennessee guys right. were emailing and calling constantly. So, man, you guys are name dropping a ton, and I don't know any of these people. <laughs> these are people that Colton occasionally sends lewd photos to. Um, he's blocked uh. by certain government agencies, but you know, I mean, yeah, just I wouldn't Google it while you're near Colton. As, <laughs> as soon as you said. That. <laughs> As soon as you said Colton and lewd photos, I immediately thought politicians. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm like, no, what you have to understand wants, is Colton's not the one sending the lewd photos. Who wants, They're like, sending Colton their dick pics. That's the problem. Oh, nice. They're like, you know what I like? A young but kind of old Jewish guy. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to back up because you bring up an amazing point. Colton, you do have a spectacular, like, young, old, like, how do you, how you you're rocking <laughs> Like you're either yeah. like a sixty year old Jewish dude or you're like twenty two. Like there's a clothing store, it's like forever twenty one. He's like forever fifty seven. <laughs> yeah. It just depends on like Minimum. what angle the camera catches yeah. you at. <laughs> yeah. And what they don't sell anything but I don't know, some Jew I need a Yiddish word here. Help me out. Here. <laughs> <laughs> <Shutzpah>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So huge savings, two years. Hopefully, Again, these organizations we've thrown out before, Discus, ACSA, two of the big groups that were really pushing for this. ADI is in the background as well, helping um, state guilds, of course. They now need to continue to push to make sure that this doesn't disappear. And my feeling is there's going to be a big way to do that. And that's to show that this money didn't just get basically either pocketed or just pushed to lower alcohol prices, which no one's going to do. No one's actually going to lower their, you know, the price of alcohol because of this, because there's no reason to. And that could what? actually, yeah, right. That could actually work counter to, in terms of like public perception, I think. So what I think people have to do is basically over the next couple of years, there needs to be some data projects. People have to keep an eye out for uh, how many jobs were created and how much reinvestment happened. Because if you can show that you're going to be able to get politicians to say okay this is a job creator we'll keep it yeah just show keep track of your growth yeah. i mean you're doing that anyways in theory but. so what does it mean or so like uh it, it's how many how many proof gallons hundred thousand proof gallons hundred thousand so proof gallons there's a cup okay so how many proof gallons to say and you don't have to give me you know the details of your business but like what do you do in a year for a proof gallon so if you're doing capital planning for a mid-level craft distillery for 2018. Is that, I, I mean, I'd like, I think a hundred thousand is probably more than. I, well, I mean, I mean, you know, our size and we're only about 20. Okay. So you're, let's call it a quarter of that, right? Yeah. So you have a quarter of that times whatever it's the Delta is like $12 or something, right? You're saving $12 yeah. and everyone that. So if you put that into tangible cash in your hand, what does that, what does a, Distillery your size, turn that into. 
That's what I was saying. It's about 200000 a year. Okay, so what, what does that turn literally into? save. Oh, okay. So that's going to be at least a few jobs. And like I said, definitely just more raw materials that we're buying to make more product. So it's, it's going to turn into, you know, our ability to make more booze, which, you know, then we Do can sell more. Do you try and get more product sudden, out because you're getting, you know, the more proof gallons you make, kind of the more money you're saving, right? Or yeah, yeah, and right. you know, why, and you know, and then there's another job because now we have to, if we're making more booze, we have to sell more booze. So there's another sales guy or two more sales guys. And, yep. You know, it's just a growing chain, and even on the backside, buying more raw materials. That's well, I now need more farmers, or I I need more sugarcane growers, or you know, right. w- whatever your raw material is, you need more of it. So yeah, at my level, that's like a day. Yeah. No, we made that joke. Oh, no. We made that joke that yeah. essentially some executive at Beam is basically gets like a couple extra vacation days yeah. for getting this passed. But essentially, it's a day. Although you, st- I mean, big guys still get a cut after that. Uh, it's just not nearly as significant. If I remember right, let me look it up here so I don't give you wrong numbers. Uh, from a hundred thousand proof gallons to the next, yeah, the next tier is something. It's, okay, ridiculous, so the next right? tier up is two, uh, twenty-two. Point one three million proof gallons, which will be taxed at thirteen dollars and thirty four cents. So not. And what was it before? Cool. Thirteen fifty. So wait, I'm saving sixteen yeah. cents on, on millions, millions and millions, and millions of, of gallons. Proof gallons. No, I mean, no, it, no, 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 no. That adds yeah, up. Yeah. That was that sounded sarcastic, <laughs> <laughs> right? But that's that's awesome. Yeah, but that's only till that's till the next twenty. What did you say? Twenty two. Twenty two point one three million. Yeah, and then plus that. I mean, I would be interested to go. I, I guess we could. Yeah, do but it. I know what how many just millions I'm expected to make in 2018. Yeah, so, so just go look at who I'm not going who to makes exactly 22 point listener. whatever million and be like, okay, must be them behind so, that. So oversimplification. Tier. This is good for everyone who distills in the United States uh, or imports, essentially. Uh, but it's especially good for the smaller guys. Which, again, to your questions, you know, the vast, vast majority of distillers in the United States are less than 100,000 proof gallons. There's only a handful of people that are doing more than 100,000 proof gallons in a year. Is there any mid-level place that's, like, doing 100,000? Sure. You've got a few that are getting Ooh. close. Um, it's like, uh, like Tito's, a Bardstown Tito's bourbon. Tito's must be close. Oh, Tito's right, is over maybe. that, I'm sure. Tito's is pumping out quite a bit. Uh, who else? There's there's actually a bunch of people coming on board that I would call mid tier. Like there's uh, a yeah. Bardstown, uh, what is it? Bardstown Bourbon. Bardstown. I yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's Bardstown called Bourbon. New Rift. Yeah. Is probably around yeah. there, right? They're pretty They're big. big. Um, who else? I mean, what's Anchor doing? Yeah, I know they're, they're not huge, one. but no, they're pretty they're big not that though. Big, are they? Uh, well, they're not anchored West, anymore. That places the, like yeah, Westland so. probably have capacity or close. I, I mean, maybe we're going to have to ask um, Matt Hoffman about that. He'd, he'd tell us. But That kind of gets... They, they're not doing it that yet. That gets interesting. That gets interesting because, like, there's another perspective, right, where it's they have the uh, the joint venture programs with the Constellation brands and everything. Yeah. Like that, right? yeah. Like, what, did, what does it mean for, for them? Like, why, talk about striking when the iron's hot. If those companies acquired one of those smaller distilleries, that was a great investment. Look at how much they can expand. That was a yeah, great right? investment. If you did it now, damn it, why am I not a better business? So man? it's interesting because you bring that up. Dedicate your life to right? science. Yeah. I think <laughs> I'm not a good scientist either. <laughs> Couldn't say you were good. You yeah. just dedicated yourself. Yeah. I think there's something to be said that for a lot of these small guys, especially if you were at the four or five year mark, you were looking at. If you weren't turning a profit yet, or at least in the black, you were looking at maybe closing your doors. There's quite a few people I talked to that were honestly contemplating closing their distillery and selling off their assets because it was just, it was tough. They were not making enough money. Or more likely, they were looking for more investment dollars because they needed cash influx to buy, you know, they needed a new chiller, they needed more equipment, they needed to hire a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Now they don't have to do that. So I think you're actually going to see a lot of these lower to mid-tier guys, instead of getting more investment dollars and having to sell off more of their stock and more of the equity in their company, now they just get to keep it, and they get to reinvest in their company with that money that they would have paid to the government. So I think you're going to see people stay independent, or we're going to see more investment dollars come in because some of these smaller distilleries are more viable now, too. So there's the flip side of that coin. Do you think that it would uh, encourage new distilleries like people that are like on them like hey i have this capital i want to open up a distillery now this happens 
I'm going to start a distillery for sure. Is that going to push them over the edge? It depends on the sunset. Because I'll, you know, it's that's part of the problem. Now. Everything depends on the sun. That sounds so philosophical. It's, it's very like, like I can only finish. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have a drink for that. So, because that was yeah. profound. If it's a waning crescent. <laughs> so, which was my my porn if, name? If waning you crescent. are a yeah. month from opening your distillery and selling product or putting product on the shelf, you're in really, you know, your timing is not bad. It's pretty good. If you're still 18 months out from opening your distillery, that it's a little more iffy. Better hope we, you better hope we get that thing. Exactly. Removed. Exactly. That's that's <laughs> yeah. the key element. So I think you're going to have a lot of people now relooking that's a really technical way to say it, uh refocusing on the distilling sector. You should you should like publish a magazine right? i'd be really good with the words that go in those <laughs> something magazines with words. yeah <laughs> something with words you should do something with words i can barely read uh, now. Yeah. Uh, i think there's definitely going to be renewed interest because I, I get this feeling that there was a little mm-hmm. bit of plateauing with some of the new startup distilleries or at least there was some hesitation because people finally realize how hard it is and because the market's starting to get more saturated. Yeah, yeah. I l- anytime I say hard or it's just the look on Zeno's face. People finally realize how hard it is. And that is like what I say to Alyssa every I really morning. wish. I'm like, do you realize? I really wish people, people were could see not only your eyes light up, but the way you immediately look to Colton and lock eyes with him. And like you guys just have this really sweet moment. Because this I'm new- an idiot and I need someone to be like on the same level of idiocy with me. <laughs> or else I'm really depressed. Right. Let's not lie. I'm always really depressed. Oh, that just got sad. Oh, oh I feel better. I got over it. It's a sad, po- it's a sad podcast. <laughs> Did you just say I feel better? I got a drink. This is not what we're the message we're trying no, it's to not. portray it's with not. this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. There's going to be renewed interest. But I think people are going to be tentative until they get a grasp on how... I mean, we got... What? So we're two years away. We got midterm elections in what two years? So I mean, a lot of no November. 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 Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. What is? Oh, there's. Oh, fuck. I'm all fucked up on my poli- politics side. Well, that would, that's already two years. Yeah, Shit. right. So yeah. it's going to be political. I think there's going to be a little bit of a political fight, but we're too far out to know for sure how the landscape's going to look. So I don't know. Um, I'm. Well, I mean, the the startups were plateauing, but it was still a huge increase always right so i don't think a lot of people were looking at the tax burden saying you know you look at the margins on some of our stuff and your tax burden is not what is stopping you i wasn't saying it was the tax burden that was stopping them but is it incentive because i think it's a small incentive but i think it's a very small i think it's much more important to current operating distilleries than it is a factor startups. for new distilleries. Yep. I think, any, I think any startup has to assume that this will sunset and they will not be renewed because if you build a business plan on these tax incentives being there two years from now and they're not, you're screwed. And that's a terrible business plan. If, if you build a business plan banking on the government doing something in two years, <laughs> right. you should not be in business. <laughs> like, that's some sound right. advice that I'm giving the listener. Right. Um, uh, and back to your question so, of what people are going to do with the money, I think Colton hit it there. It's the first thing a lot of people are doing is just hiring staff. I mean, so many of these distilleries are understaffed because they're the owners operating it. You know, they've, you've got husband and wife teams, you've got brothers and sisters, you've got small operations of friends and family trying to keep the you know the lights on and sweeping the floors and occasionally making some whiskey. Now they'll be able to hire someone to make actually come in and help, so that those people can go out and help sell and brand as well. Ooh, so this this makes me actually the way you're talking now is tantalizing my brain cell. <laughs> um, so if if that's the case, and you know you have this influx of money, and you're like, oh, I can get people and raw materials and all that, is it going to change what is out there, like the spirits that are out there? Like, hey, now I can afford to set down some whiskey i can afford to make a better quality product is it going to change the products that are out there yeah i I think that two-year moratorium on it is going to hurt i think yes if it was sort of an indefinite thing but laying down a bunch of barrels saying all right in four years i can you know now i can afford to let these sit for four years 
and then all of a sudden two years comes and you're paying the same tax as you were originally. Yeah. Okay, but if because you Because you don't pay the taxes on it until you take it out of bond, right? Yeah, but, I mean they they may grandfather stuff like that, but yeah, I don't know how that that's works. That's, that's a really good real question. complicated. Yeah. So it's it's more than though it's more than even just laying down whiskey. So like, hey, I can grab uh, I can grab assets, right? So I can upgrade my technology. I can upgrade my still. I can upgrade my production yeah. methods, yeah. right? And yes, we're going to see a quality lot of going to get better. Yeah, yeah. is the quality ultimately going to be impacted? Which you know, when push comes to shove, we could talk about this all day. But I really care about what's in the yeah. glass, right? Yeah. Like, so, I mean, that's, I, I, I'm just curious what to say. It's like, that would be awesome if you could lay stuff down and your what you put in a barrel in 2018, that's what you're paying the tax on, right? Yeah, that'd be awesome. I don't think like, that, There's no way the government's going to let that one fly. Yeah. <laughs> if so, I'm starting a distillery tomorrow, guys. Uh, no, I think you're right, though. I, I would agree that. Money doesn't equate to good product, but it does give you more opportunity to make a better product. So that is now there. So yeah, you're going to see people, like I said, hiring people is primarily to try and increase your footprint, either in terms of production or sales or marketing. You know, those all tie together. Or you're going to see a lot more equipment. I think people, and honestly, a a lot of the big winners, I think, are going to be vendors and suppliers, consultants, people like that. They're going to be the ones getting an influx of cash they probably had not banked on this year. Because there's going to, I mean, I know people that right now were basically trying to decide, do I get another, you know, do I get more grain or do I get a chiller so that I can run at capacity? So now they're going to get both. They're going to be able to keep producing and get chillers. So, yeah, you're without naming people, I think the vendors are going to do pretty well this year. Vendom's dancing a jig. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh, wait, you're still two years out? It's seven years out. Yeah, yeah. we're going to see some like, lead time. Yeah. Grow. Well, and that's a really yeah. good point because most yeah. people had not really anticipated that this was going to get in. So d- I know distilleries weren't budging, budgeting for this. A lot of vendors I've talked to had no idea what imp- implication this had. They had not been following it because, again, devil's advocate, they a lot of these people are serving multiple industries. I mean, if you're, say, a glass manufacturer, most of the time you're making glass for beer, wine, multiple other industries. Yeah. So they weren't tracking this as close as maybe some other places were. So this is a really exciting surprise for them that they hadn't banked on. So closures. Right, you're right. There's all these tangential industries. Yep. Yeah, they're yeah. going to do well. Have you been talking to people that have already seen growth or they're just projecting that they will see they had not even projected it because so many distilleries hadn't been building this into their model i mean they i think people were afraid they were gun shy they did not expect it to happen so now that they are they are starting to get new calls so i I have one anecdote i won't name any names but one uh closure company i know of essentially i know i i I gotta put myself in a position where i'm not advocating for anyone overtly (laughs) no 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 you have some weird toothpick thing in your finger i do and you're talking with your hand and i'm just looking at it and it's gross. Now I just imagine food chunk from your mouth being <laughs> flung about your creepy basement. Yes. Is that the, think you, is that the punishment the, for your prisoners? <laughs> the toothpick. You're for like that. I just hey. I just like they're actually you treat them really well. Like you like they get they you like take in homeless people. You treat them like you give them. It's like the Ritz Carlton, right? But you flick tooth stuff on them. On a daily basis, that, <laughs> like that's what the that's the is. only source of calories they get. It's it's, yeah. it's not it's not cool, like, but you know yeah right. It's five star living, but you know what? You're gonna get my tooth funk in your eye. That was gross. <laughs> okay, go on. Also, sorry. I'm gonna Google tooth yeah. funk now. <laughs> just is it just like a tooth playing the bass guitar? Uh, I hope it is. Oh no, it's well. It, Muppets. The first thing I got is Muppets. <laughs> Did not expect that. The first thing I usually get when I do a Google search is Muppets. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be Muppets the day that Bootsy Collins came in. <laughs> <laughs> guest guest star. Okay, totally an- anecdotal bullshit story that I'm about to tell you from a closure company. So they, that you're editing. Yeah, right? yeah. They, have, they have had a client contact them saying that they are going to buy a brand new bottle uh, they're going to get a whole new top with they're actually tooling. They actually have to pay like a $20,000 tooling fee to get this custom made top. So once they only have to pay that once, but once that's done, that will be their custom branded copyrighted top. 
So, you know, you see that in stuff like Blanton's and things like that. So they... Grosh. So they are now going (laughs) to invest in basically brand new packaging, spending tens of thousands of dollars because they now have this money available. So that is one, only one anecdotal story. So huge grain of salt there. But yes, so I'm starting to hear it. Well, yeah, but I mean, I said closures. So really, that's all me. I'm right. I'm amazing. (laughs) There was no argument. (laughs) Yeah. End of podcast. End of podcast. No more episodes. There. Let's, uh, no one will ever believe that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, like, you think of, I think that a lot of people that are on the outside of the industry or even people that are entering the industry, like, they don't think of how a federal excise tax can affect a closure. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. And, here, and here you are saying, like, we're going to have a proprietary closure. Right? Yeah. Like we could probably do an episode on closures and our listener would probably stop listening. But <laughs> yeah. there'd be three people that would listen probably. There really is. Like I, you know, Joe, the guy who's like my dad, is like my mentor, you know, he taught me how to do everything. He's he gets real bent out of shape of shitty closures. <laughs> and I love it. You talk to any bartender and those are the bane of their existence. Oh, a yeah. bad yeah. closure or a bad bottle, like that you can't grip well. Hey, Hey, we're losing the list. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Okay, no, <laughs> I do want to back up because you brought an interesting point of how many people are affected by something like this. And Colton, I want your help on this too. If you think, like thinking from the rebranding standpoint, the people that are affected, if you're going to go a full new rebrand packaging, you're talking about designers, probably consultants, maybe illustrators to rebrand. So those are multiple people you're paying there. Then you're talking about an actual glass packaging you, so you need that. So you, you're paying that company, and, which they in, employ designers as well. And then you're going to have labels. So you have a label manufacturer. If you're going to have a custom label with embossing, debossing, all that kind of stuff, again, they have to tool a piece of machinery for that. And then you have the closures that do that. And then you have to deal with different kinds of packaging. So there are multiple layers there of people that are being affected by that investment. Colton, who am I missing from that equation? Like, is that everyone? Logistics. Logistics? Of course. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe yeah. a new... Uh, Every single one of those Who's going to truck my right? shit? Yeah. Right. Oh, and let's not forget a bottling line. Because you probably, if you don't already have one, if you, you're tired of hand bottling these damn things, you know, closing them, putting the labels on, you might get a bottling line. I'm really tired of hand closing my proprietary closure. Yeah. There, there are people that do stuff and like my, that. And my debossed labels. I've never heard the term debossed. It's a word. And I want to deboss, deboss you from my life. No, you don't. You love me. It's true, I do. You're like a younger, less Jewish Colton. Wait, am I younger than you, Colton? I don't know if that's true. How old are you, Colton? Uh, 56. Oh, yeah, that's right. I thought we said 58. (laughs) Whatever, forever 56. Yeah. His internal (laughs) organs are like 835. It's just. Oh, God, I'm scared to look. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just like a cured piece of salmon (laughs) and latka. That those are his internal organs. We call That's them all, we yes. call them locks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm In sorry. I don't know the traditional <laughs> Jewish. Get terms. it together, Zeno. Uh, wait, no. Hey, wait, who? No, you're older than him. Yes. Right? I think I'm older. Right? Yeah, I'm 35. Oh, sweet! I just turned 35 yesterday. Fuck yeah! Happy birthday! That's right. Thanks, buddy. Aww. I got a I got a sous vide wand. It's awesome. I didn't use it yet. I just look at the box. Yeah, yeah. don't open it. You'll it might it. it might just be a box too. Yeah. He's never even opened it. No, I I did. I saw foam. Yeah. I know there's at least foam. <laughs> Wait, Colton, how old are you? Twenty seven. Jesus Christ, you're not even a real person. Yet. I I know he's fifty six. Dude, <laughs> twenty seven like, going that's, on eighty three. That's why Do you, you know my rock star lifestyle. This this might be it, guys. So. Yeah, if you make it to thirty, <laughs> we we're all partying. <laughs> I feel like he eats so much locks and capers that, like, everything's cured. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pre-invite you now. In five years, when I turn 40, I plan on spending my 40th in Germany. I want to do an Oktoberfest. Cause Done. We're there. Uh, <laughs> dude, we ju- dude, weird. That, we talked about that today, too. We talked about genetics and Oktoberfest. I actually bugged your phones a long time Same ago. Same conversation. So I actually <laughs> listen to all the things you guys say. Yeah. You know I was making fun of Colton for putting tape over his camera. That's why. Uh, and and I was like, well, now I know. You weren't you weren't afraid of the government. This is Brian. You were afraid of the government that is Brian's basement. Yep. I have seceded from America. Actually, I, I didn't know you realized that. You're getting my press release. That's awesome. You have your own weird currency, and it's just those toothpick things, fingernails. 
How did you make that worse? Like, dude, use toothpick things is pretty bad. Fingernails is like because you have to extract yeah. those. When you have a <laughs> gift, you've got a gift. Well, because when you're thinking of a currency, you need something that is obviously not easily repro- reproducible. It takes time for fingernails. Yeah. They have to grow. And I feel speed. like the, s- the smaller the nail, the higher the value. <laughs> <laughs> wow! You mean like like pinkies, like yeah. a, a Benjamin? Like, yeah. That's the implication, like, man. I got yo, I got a stack of pinkies nails. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so dark! I, yeah, just because of the basement. It's also your face. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, all right, so man, this is even actually. I, I love having this conversation because it's even more impactful. Like we did that first. You're like, oh, I'm walking on the hill. I'm like, blah, 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 politics. I'm an idiot. I don't pay attention to these things. So you guys tell me about it. And that's what that, you know, the first episode of this series. Do we have a series now? We have like two episodes. (laughs) Close enough. But anyways, yeah. But, you know, I I didn't, I knew it would be impactful just because of how much money. Well, so one one thing I thought that was really interesting is before we get too far off of uh, how it impacts other things besides craft distilleries was the large guys. Yeah. Some of the some of the guys I was talking to um, from the macro side who were on the lobbying teams and stuff, they were saying that you know because obviously it it helps them but it doesn't help them a whole lot, but it doesn't hurt them and that's what they loved. Right. They're like, man, a few years ago they were you know. Congress was talking about raising the taxes. We're just happy they're not even talking about that anymore. Like, if they're talking about lowering it just for craft guys, fine. We're happy. You know, all of our business models are based off of what it is now. We're happy to stay that. And you got to understand, so, like, we're talking about how it impacts these other industries, even how it impacts the macro side, right? What's good for the industry, be it craft or the big boys, it's still good for the industry. Yeah. yeah. And that, like, you know, you guys do all these... Good will come out of it. Either those big boys are going to absorb some of those companies or they're going to take learnings from them, right? And that's how it works, right? Think of how much... You know, I, I hate to equate our industry to the craft, craft beer industry or beer industry in general, but there are some similarities, right? Yeah, there's a lot of parallels. And... You know, Anheuser-Busch has probably lot, learned a lot from acquiring Goose Island when it did. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It probably learned a ton. Right? And how, even if it's just how to market. And, like, that, we are so much in the infancy of that kind of relationship between my industry and, well, it's the same industry, but my part of the industry and your part of the industry, that it's going to be super interesting how, hey, your guy's success because you can hire more people, get more equipment, get out there more and have competition for what we're putting out there, that's going to push us further too. It'll be really interesting to see how that grows. Just, you know, on the beer side, people, you get backlash. And, you know, you talk about Bud or Anheuser-Busch buying Wicked Weed. There's huge backlash just because of, you know, how Wicked Weed's whole, you know, philosophy was. And it was so anti uh, Anheuser-Busch. But it's not really the same in the distilling. We all think that... The macro guys make an amazing product already. Because they do. So no one's... Yeah, exactly. And that, so. that goes both ways, though, too. I mean, I... So Wednesday, I sat down with a master distiller of a big boy, and I brought this up. I said, hey, you know, what's your relationship like with the other people in this local region, which is Kentucky, right? And we got on that topic, and obviously it's good. They're all friends, right? They all talk to each yeah. other. They all grew up together. But then I said, okay, well, what is, what is it like with craft? And he flat out said to me, he's like, you know, craft guys call me. I'll tell them whatever they want. Like, I want to talk. And it was, it was actually really encouraging to hear yeah. that. So, I mean, it, it, it's going to, it's, it's different from beer. Yes. So, it's so different yeah. from beer. There is a lot of parallels between beer and spirits specifically, but the biggest difference is that level of what I would call antagonism. Craft beer by its nature was started out antagonistic towards big macro beer because big macro beer wasn't very good. The reason craft beer got started was because the flavors sucked with macro. And for the most part, I mean, that's not true everywhere, but Hey, I'm going to open up a Miller highlight. Do it now. (laughs) So there was a big difference in terms of like how they built their philosophy. 
craft spirits was completely different. Instead of antagonism, it was more reverence. You know, you talk to any craft guy, and nine times out of well, I would say almost every single one of them would have a certain reverence for the big guys that are producing really, really good product because there's a lot of history. Um, but that's my feeling behind that is it's it's a whole different it's just a different philosophy. And like you said, Zeno, for the most part, they all share. I mean, I wouldn't have started my business five years ago if people hadn't been willing to answer my stupid ass questions, literally having no idea what I was talking about, but being honest and transparent and people sitting down talking to you for four hours. I mean, I think that's part of why we're doing this is because to a certain part, we want to give back what very little knowledge we have to the people that listen. Speak for yourself. I have no knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, they that guy who listens see, needs to know. See, it. I threw that out there. It was a little, <laughs> little bob <laughs> and weave <laughs> for the listener there. Yeah, um, yeah, and I don't want to get off too off subject with that. I mean, it's it just interesting. Like, I, I, it's going to impact the big boys in other ways that we're not even seeing yeah. via this, you know, hour long podcast or whatever it turns out to be, but. Yeah, I, I think when push comes to shove, I can't think of, and when I, when I said we were going to do this subject, I was like, all right, yeah, here's how it's going to impact. These are the good things. What is a negative aspect from it? Like, can you think of anything, how this could hurt the industry in any way, be it, you know, your magazine, your part in the industry, or my part in the industry? So, you know, craft, macro, I don't media know. I don't even know what media, media. Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, I know what you are. <laughs> I feel like I just use that voice. It just I say anything and like the it's more of a noise. <laughs> and it just sounds awful. Which is really just my normal voice anyways. You know my fetish. Anyways. Uh, yeah, media. We'll call you media. So craft, media, macro. What is bad? There's not a whole lot of, of downside for me. I mean, the closest I can always say on my end is I'm the lucky one because distillers are doing all the hard work i'm essentially the guy sh selling pitchforks and shovels you know during the gold rush you know I, my overhead is way less i essentially just talk and listen for a living record things write them down and work with really smart people so this is going to bring more smart people into the industry i think it's going to give them access to more resources so there's going to be more stories there's going to be more producers there's going to be bigger i mean this is a huge coup if you think about it for like the trade associations like ACSA, Discus, uh, you know, those groups, ADI, they have been working on these kind of things for a long time. So they now get to show their members that they succeeded somewhere. It took them a long time, but I think we're going to see if they do it right, they're going to see a, a, a much bigger uptick in their membership drives. Right. And that's going to then trickle down to guilds, which on the state guild level, I think that's in a lot of ways, even more important on the short term than say the big national associations, because all the states are different from state to state. So I think this is going to drive a lot of that. I'm kind of dodging your question on the negative side. I think really the only negativity I can think maybe that would impact me, but more so the industry, is just when it comes to the fact that it's alcohol. So we're, this is a benefit to alcohol producers. So any kind of anyone who has negative leanings towards alcohol and consumption, especially overconsumption, which I think we can all agree is not a good thing, except for us three when we're together in a safe room. Uh, we both have two drinks right, right now. safe room is what I call your basement. <laughs> yeah, you do. No one, yeah. no one calls it the safe room. No one, no one calls it. <laughs> That's what you make them call it. I think there can be a little bit of blowback from a media perspective if people don't like that alcohol got a tax cut. Even though it was incredibly helpful, it was one of the few things in the tax bill that could legitimately called a, be called a job creator. I mean, this is one of the few things that quickly will result in American, you know, small business jobs. It's pretty amazing in that regard. I did Job see, creator, also what I call your basement. <laughs> I did see a, a clean I did see a bunch, a bunch <laughs> oh. of articles right when the tax bill got passed about, oh, big alcohol just got a big tax yep. break. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's like, all right. Did you guys notice like yeah, So I would read them and there was quiet. no research. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. dead quiet like, because I, people I were honestly, scared. They were getting burned. They were getting flamed because even though a lot of people in this industry got a huge benefit, they still felt kind of a, a certain moral outrage because it was attached to something they didn't like, the concept of the overall tax cuts, which, good or bad, I, I understand. But part of them were really frustrated by that, even though they got a huge boost. So I think there's a certain guilt element. There's a certain moral outrage element. There's a certain political push. It's very partisan. Um, so you didn't, yeah, you didn't I, hear people talking about it. I think we need to point out, though, that, like, 
I think we pointed out in the first one, there was no way this was going to get passed unless it was in the big tax bill. Yeah, oh yeah. Nobody was going to sign on. I actually, there was I actually, absolutely no chance. I so. actually thought that, you know, because it was on the big tax bill, though, it might not happen. Yeah, like, no, I thought, sure. I thought the inverse of that. For right? sure, but, but everyone we talked to when we went up to the Hill said, we support it, but we can't support any, you know, if taxes are about to come up, we can't be supporting other taxes, tax bills right before. You know, plan B is if it couldn't get put in the massive tax bill is the only other plan B, which they flat out said wouldn't happen either, was they were going to try and put it in some random, what was like an FFA bill, right? Or, yeah, yeah, it was something like that. And then they'd already tried that and it failed. Yeah, yeah. It was... Brian. What? That's Brian. me. Plan B is what I mix with Gatorade <laughs> and call it a cocktail. <laughs> Wait, is is this the time, Zeno, where you tell us you're pregnant? I mean, is this is this how you're going to like break it to us? It's obviously it's not. It's how I stay not pregnant. <laughs> yeah. It's the Zeno cocktail. Zeno cocktail. That's horrific. A plan B pill and a glacier ice. <laughs> Tastes like blue. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Well, all right. So you didn't really give a negative. No, no. But oh, that's so my, okay. no. My, my, again, my negative is mainly from a national media perspective and potential pushback on the whole. You know, the idea of like lessening a syntax. So we might get a little bit of pushback on the health side of things. I could possibly see that down the line. I'm a little worried about that. So I think that's why it's really important for especially craft distillers to really make sure they're advocating for responsible drinking habits as well as safety standards. Yeah. All right, all right Colton. So what's your negative aspect? From so, the I mean, we already touched on it. We already touched on it and I think almost debunked it earlier, but you know, talking about, uh, <laughs> just talking about, you know, you, people will start seeing these dollar signs with this, you know, it's a massive tax reduction when you look at it. So if we start getting better marketers, or people with better marketing skills, but that don't care about quality entering the industry, there's a negative. But I think also at the same time, we already touched on how that's it's probably unlikely of a scenario. They, if those type of people were already, those type of people were already looking at the industry's growth rate and saying, "All right, it's time to get in or not." This tax bill probably didn't didn't change their mind immediately. Because, no. so. again, unless they're going to open up and within the next six months, this is not going to be a big deal for them. But that that yeah. would be my one sort of negative aspect I could immediately see yeah. would be that, you know, just a influx of poor quality. And when that happens, it's already hard enough for us to get shelf space. If we're fighting for shelf space with, you know, someone with really good marketing but absolutely no concern of quality spirit, you know, we're, that, that's right. the death of... I think I got to say, I got to say that, like, I think one of the biggest takeaways I take from our little session here was the two year thing. Like it's, it's a, it's on a clock. Yeah. It's, it's, it got passed and it's immediately time to start lobbying again. Yeah. There's no break at all. So get your ass to DC, Zeno. Let's do it. Yeah. Why weren't you there last time? This is all on you. It really is. Because look at me. Nobody wants to listen to me about anything. You've seen Colton and I. Granted, it looked like twins attacked DC, but still. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, it's. Man, this guy's really ACSA's own lobbyist got Colton and I confused. We've been talking to him the entire week. It's so amazing. I think we I, have name tags on we too. Do. <laughs> is like so, so I have like I have three people on my my favorites list on my phone, right? Like which is like it's right. It's my significant other, the guy who's like my dad and Colton, <laughs> right? And literally at ACSA two years ago, I confused the two of you. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, at any rate, I, all right. So like it's my turn to be negative about it, right? Yeah. And I'm all I'm all sunshine, buttercup, rainbows, right? And but in all honesty, there's a competition aspect of it too, right? That's what we've been talking about, right? Yeah, I, yeah. But I mean, I'm just clarifying. That's what you're saying. That's yeah, that, okay. yeah. Like competition I mean, there's between like, macro, micro versus all distillers. Everyone, okay. everyone. Okay. It's like okay, so like you have this opportunity to improve your process in any way that you want to improve it. How is that going to impact my piece of the pie? Right. It's different with macro, but you know what? I'm not the only macro game in town either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now international macro is, you know, taking a big bite out of national macro, I guess. Sure. So 
Sure, but I, I'm like I'm excited for the innovation that might come out of this. Like, I really am. Yeah. Like, whatever it might be, and I'm excited for. I mean, I like options, right? You always want to try that thing for the first time. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Brian. I've tried everything <laughs> at least twice. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have something sexual to say, but that's just my normal. Right? Feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I go, I wake up. I'm like, hey, Grandma, I feel like I have something sexual to say. Okay. Hey, so I'm going to throw out a random uh, quote for you because you bring up an interesting point when it comes to competition and problems with that. Uh, yeah, that's going to be an issue, especially on the local level when these guys are trying to sell their backyard and we're starting to look at oversaturation. But I think on a national level, it's not as big of a deal. So one quote I have here from, uh, I believe his name is David Osgo. He is at, he's the economics guy over at Discus, and they just did their economics report. And he was asked about that, of what kind of ceiling do we have in terms of like whiskey growth specifically. And the exact quote I have here from him is, when you look at where the North American whiskey market was once, it used to be 80 million cases. Right now we're only at 53 million cases with almost double the adult population. As a result, I see room for growth still in the brown spirits. So essentially, we have double the adult population, but still less than the overall uh, cases sold nationally. So that, I mean, again, that's not a perfect example, but I think that's a fair assessment from an economic economic standpoint that the ceiling is theoretically way higher than what we're selling right now. That's awesome. Yeah. That's an awesome quote. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to, we don't have time tonight, but that discus economic report was amazing we should definitely go over that sometime oh yeah it really point, almost point by point we could tear that thing apart. yeah we can and you know what we're not smarter than that's anyone. what i say to Alyssa when she comes home <laughs> point by point <laughs> point by point i could tear that thing apart and then really i just fall asleep drunk yeah yeah as you recite an excel spreadsheet to yeah. her yeah. <laughs> that's so true all right no we covered uh, a lot here uh should we wrap it up any closing thoughts on this I, th- I think so. I mean, I kind of gave my closing thoughts on my last comment, but it was, you know, two things that, that I take away is like, it, we're on the clock. It's pretty much good any way you kind of look at it. And competition, most of the time, I feel like that's good because I just want to drink different things right. all the time. Right. I want to find new things. So I really hope that people turn it into better quality, more jobs. I love this industry. I won't do anything else. Yeah, no. Like, I won't. So I I love the fact that more people that maybe share that same love or don't know that they have that same love will maybe be able to enter it because of this. So if that exists, then it's a great thing. Um, Any negative aspect of it, it, it's tough. Like, we all tried hard from our very different perspectives. But I I feel like uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I learned more about it. And now I want to go into work tomorrow and start asking questions. Do it. Because <laughs> you need a bonus now. Like, where's, where's your money? Zeno needs a kickback. I, I say that every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saw that economic report. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Let's raise some wages. I love you both.